made an image of gold. This image of gold, as you notice in verse number one, had a height that was three uh, score cubits. Now, a score is 20 feet, just so you know. So you have three score, so that would be 60 feet. So <clears throat> we have 60 cubits, and the breadth thereof is six cubits. So here we're already starting off with the number 666. And so he set it up in the plain of Dura, in the province of Babylon. And then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent together, together the princes and the governors and the captains and the judges and the treasurers and the counselors and the sheriff and all the rulers of the providence to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. So then the princes and the governors and the captains and the judges and the treasurers and the counselors and the sheriffs and all the rulers of the province were all gathered together unto the dedication of the image of Nebuchadnezzar, the king that had set up. And they stood before the king, or before the image, excuse me, that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Now verse number four says, So the herald was cried out, to you it is commanded, O people, now watch this, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time ye hear the sound of the coronet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, um, and all the kinds of music, you fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And who falleth not down, and or pardon me, who so falleth not down, and worship shall the same hour be cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore at that time when the people heard the sound of the coronet and the flute and the harp and the sackcloth and the psaltery, and <clears throat> by the way, uh, well, we won't get into all this music. Some of these are horn and some of these are kind of interesting uh, type of uh, string uh, instruments that they used back in those days. And we was going to get into description and all that, but I want to get into the message. And so all this kind of music was played, so all the people and the nations and the language, they all fell down and they worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. With that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, bring our minds together and help us to see what you had put uh, in the heart of Nebuchadnezzar uh, and what he uh, was commanding the people to do uh, is so illustrative of where we're headed right now and what is going to happen and the future that's unfolding before our very eyes. Help us to realize that, uh, that we're coming back to a system of uh, universal worship, a system where all nations are going to be brought together a leader for which I believe the world is looking toward right now that will bring all nations together. And eventually that leader will declare himself to be not only King of King and Lord of Lords, but he'll declare himself to be the God of all creation and call upon all to worship him. And so help us, Heavenly Father, to realize that um, as this is, a lesson in history, it's also a lesson in prophecy. For we ask this in Jesus' name, and all of God's people say it, amen. So the image here represents Nebuchadnezzar. 
Uh, it represents him being king of king over the entire world at that time. All nations, kindreds, uh, and languages were to be gathered together, and they were to worship this golden image. The golden image represents his empire. Remember, we talked about Sunday night that the head is gold. The gold represents Babylon. The silver was the Medes and the Persians, and it represented their empire. And then we had the brass that represented the Grecian empire. And then we had the iron that represented the Roman empire. And then we get down to our day where we have iron mixed with clay and also mixed with the seed of man which means that not only is there one man leading over it, but there are several man, men, and there's going to be one horn that will pop up among all the other horns. Daniel will get into that when we get to chapter 8. And that little horn is the Antichrist, and all other nations and kings uh, will submit their sovereignty over to this one leader. And so <clears throat> we're having here... And illustrations, and this is a, a literal historical event that unfolded, but it's also a picture of what is going to happen in the last days. As we understand in the book of Revelation, and Daniel will get into that, and we'll talk more about that when we get into uh, Daniel chapter uh, 8 and Daniel chapter 9, and we'll also refer to it again in Daniel chapter 11, Daniel chapter 12 dealing with these kingdoms and these kingdoms coming under the power and the reign of the Antichrist. And as we come to the end of what is known as Daniel's 70th week, the Messiah came in on the 62nd week, uh, which brings us to 430 years after the time that Nehemiah was built the walls. He was cut off in 33 A.D., 70 A.D. later, Titus came in and destroyed the city, sacked the city, killed 1.2 million people. The rest of the Jews that were in the land at that time were scattered to the four corners of the world. And God's calendar that was to bring in the 70th week, it just suddenly stopped. And God interrupted everything by cutting off Israel and bringing the church into the program. But God has made a promise that when he does promised something that his word does never return void. He is faithful to his promise. God will keep his promise. Israel, as promised in Daniel chapter 9 and verse number 20, they're going to usher in the kingdom. Zechariah is very clear on that. Amos is very clear on that. We read from Micah chapter 4 and what we see in Micah, how God is going to fulfill all of this. And so all eyes are on Jerusalem. Jesus Christ made it very clear that Jerusalem is going to be the central point and, and it'll be very central to the news. And so a lot of interesting things are going on. So 2,500 years ago, as Daniel was writing this, Israel was not a nation. They were in captivity. They were allowed, a few of them, to go back to their land and rebuild a small little nation. But they immediately fell as uh, Alexander came in and took possession of the land. And eventually he fell to the Romans. And then the Romans scattered the Jews. And they've been scattered for 2,000 years. And now God has brought them back, Amen. just as prophesied. 
Ezekiel 37. Then in Ezekiel 38, God says when he brings them back, they won't dwell safely in the land. They'll dwell for a while safely, but somehow they'll be convinced to tear down their walls of defense and that God is going to put hooks in the jaws of a country to the north that he refers to as Magog and Tubal. And God says he will bring them down and there'll be a war, but then God will drive them back. And then all of a sudden this leader just pops up that the Jews are very, very trusting in. I believe he's a Jew himself and they're trusting in him. They're believing in him and they're allowing him to rule the world from Jerusalem. And so there is somewhat of a pseudo peace, but then war and famine and sickness and disease as he begins to rule all begins to break out three and a half years into this seven-year peace treaty that was set up. He breaks that peace treaty. He declares himself to be God. He goes into the temple that he has allowed the Jewish people to build and worship their God and declares that there is only one true God, and that is me, and he calls upon the world to worship him. And Daniel prophesied that is the abomination of desolation. Jesus made it very clear that when that happens, Israel is to flee. So three and a half years into the covenant, they flee from their land to a place that God takes them and protects them. He protects them there. Now, that has nothing to do with the church because before all this happens, the church is raptured out because God has made a promise that he's going to use Israel to bring in his kingdom. And so the church, since we are the bride of Christ, we talked about that Sunday morning and Sunday night, God has his bride, Jesus has his bride. God is espoused unto a Jewish bride that committed Harlem and adultery and God had divorced her, but God in his love and in his mercy has promised that he's going to receive her back. Amen. And he's going to espouse himself unto her, and he's going to clean her heart, and she's going to be made new. He's going to put his spirit in her, and he's going to make her into a beautiful bride. The church, the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ, is never referred to as an adulterous bride. She is referred to as a chaste bride that has been made pure by the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we have two pictures. Israel's bride was in the tribulation period when Jacob went down into Egypt with all of his family and they dwelt there in Egypt during the tribulation, but they were provided for. Joseph's bride was in a celestial palace and was never affected by the famine. God has made it very clear that his son Jesus Christ has espoused himself unto his bride, the church, which is a Gentile bride. He said he went to heaven to prepare a place for us, He's coming to receive us unto himself. He didn't say that he would come to earth and dwell with his bride. He said he would bring his bride to his father's house. He said, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, for in my father's house are many mansions. This is what he said to the church. And I go and prepare a place for you. And so we're told in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, that when he comes, 
He comes to take his church out. He doesn't come to earth. His feet doesn't land on the earth. He comes to the clouds. He calls his church up. They meet the Lord in the air, and they go off to be with the Lord. And then when he comes back, we read in Revelation chapter 19, he comes with his bride. So while all of that's going on, the bride of God is here upon the earth, and God is using her. He has rekindled her heart. He has revived her heart. He has fulfilled his promise that he made in Jeremiah 31. And God is now ready to come and to receive his bride unto himself and to reign over Israel. And so we have these two things going on. You say, well, that sounds very confusing. Well, the only way you can understand it is through the, the vehicle called believing. And the vehicle called believing takes you down the road to a place called faith. And that faith is God. And God gives us an understanding. There are some things we could never explain. I can't tell you how God and his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit are all the same person. And how they're espoused to two different brides, but they're still one. And we believe in a monotheistic God. But that's what God says. And we can't reason it out because his thoughts are much higher than our thoughts. And they can't, you know, the people say, well, I can't accept that. But they can accept that God is the creator of the heavens and the earth. They can believe that God spoke into a space where there was absolutely nothing there. And all of a sudden, you got a planetary system. you got an earth. You have trees. All of that spoke into existence from nothing. And they can believe that, but they can't believe something else that God said. So we either have by faith or by belief enter into faith because belief is what takes you to faith. You say, well, that sounds silly. Why do you say it that way? Because the devil believes, but he's not entered into faith. You see, our faith is not within ourselves. It's within a person, and that person is Jesus Christ, and he is the builder and finisher of our faith. The author and finisher of your faith and my faith is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we understand by faith, we can't reason it out, but we do know that these things are going to happen. We're not delusional. There are people out there who say, oh, you Christians are so delusional. You got this idea that suddenly you're just going to disappear from the earth. You're just going to be raptured out. You're going to blow through the ceilings. And, and then all of a sudden you're going to find yourself in heaven, you know, because they think with carnal minds. Their eyes are blinded. They have no faith in God. They see God's existence. They see the fingerprint of God. But they don't believe he exists because they don't see the very physical presence of God. And yet God is there. And yet they cannot understand it. And this is the world we're living in. And so the Bible is very clear uh, that... <clears throat> Jesus Christ has went away, he's preparing a place, and he's making things ready, and we're getting very close. Israel has been brought back into the land. He prophesied that in the last days, several events would happen that would point that we're getting very close to this time that the Antichrist is going to be here on the earth, and eventually he's going to reveal himself. You have to understand, for three and a half years, 
He's a world leader, but he hasn't revealed himself. He doesn't reveal himself as the Antichrist until three and a half years into the tribulation period. When he goes into the temple, and then he declares who he truly is. But until that time, there's someone behind the scenes, and they're calling shots. He must be somewhere right now. I believe he's alive. I believe that he's probably ready to take over, and he's probably ready to start leading. I believe there's all kinds of unusual things, and I'm not delusional. I'm telling you, I believe that there are world leaders right now that may be meeting with this person. They, and, uh, and, and they're the ones that are delusional because he's lying to them. He's got them under deception, and they're moving forward with the program. And I don't believe that this is a pandemic. I believe it's a plandemic. And I believe that everything that's going on right now is to bring us into submission. And the world is really playing into it, aren't they? And so we are seeing some unusual things. And here we see Nebuchadnezzar, a very picture of what's going on right now in this world. And so in Revelation 13 and verse number 15, as we understand, remember in Daniel chapter 2, Daniel made it very clear that Daniel, that Nebuchadnezzar is the king of kings. Remember we read this, we saw that last week in verse number 37 of Daniel chapter 2. He says, Thou, O king, are a king of kings. Now, isn't that interesting? For the God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom, power and strength and glory. And whithersoever the children of men dwell... The beast of the field and the fowls of the heaven have he given into thy hands and have made thee ruler over all of them. Thou art the head of gold. So he understands now, wow, I am somebody, and he makes an image of himself of gold and he calls everyone to worship him. How interesting is that? How interesting. You know, as God says, I gave you this power. You know, the Antichrist, he wouldn't have that power unless God gave it to him. So God is doing something, and what's happening, God is allowing it. And there are so many out there that do not see that. You see, that's exactly what's going to happen with the Antichrist. You know, he reigns. See, now, it's interesting. Remember we said that Daniel had reigned two years over Judah. We talked about that Sunday night. After he had taken Zedekiah and poked out his eyes, before he poked out his eyes, he brought his children before him and slayed every one of them. And then he carried him into captivity. And he reigned over Judah for two years, but he had been reigning for one year earlier. Remember, three years. Three years. The wise men were to eat from the king's table, and they would be taught of the king's religion. And then they were to be brought before the king. So now we have the Antichrist. He's been reigning now for three years. And all of a sudden... He is put to death. 
The Bible says in Revelation 13, he receives a deadly wound to his head, but all of a sudden he rises up. You know, he wants, the Bible makes it very clear that he is an imposter. He's called the Antichrist because he, if Christ, he is doing his best to be a type of Jesus Christ and doing his best to convince people that he is the Christ. But he is not the Christ. He is the Antichrist, and he has deceived people into believing he is the Christ. And so after he receives the deadly womb and he raises himself up, all the world then wonders at him, and guess what he does? He allows the world to build images of himself. And he puts life in the images. And the images call for everybody to worship the beast. Who is the beast? The Antichrist. And all the world is worshiping the beast. And those that refuse to worship the beast are all put to death. And that's what's going on right here. If you don't worship the image, which is me, then you will be put to death. You will be cast into the fiery furnace. Now, the tragic thing about this in Revelation, the Bible says, now, if you worship the beast, God says, I will cast you into a fiery furnace, and you'll burn forever. And so <clears throat> we see the very interesting type unfolding here. Notice, secondly, that the image of gold represents Nebuchadnezzar, the king, who is... <clears throat> to build an image that equates to the number 666. And what is interesting is we read in Revelation chapter 13 and verse number 16 and 18, and he causeth all both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, say that he have the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom, let him have understanding, and count the number of the beast, for it is the number of man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. So here we have an image that's 60 feet tall, and three cubits wide, or six cubits wide, excuse me, representing the beast and his number, 666. Those three numbers represent the unholy trinity, the dragon, which is the devil, the beast, which is the antichrist, and the false prophet, which is supposed to represent the Holy Spirit, that goes and points everyone to the beast to worship him. And so <clears throat> Jesus Christ makes it very clear that all that worship the beast condemn themselves to an eternal hell. God help us to understand that we're not to worship the beast. We'll say a little more about that in just a moment. Now, <clears throat> are we, I can remember there was a time where I thought, wow, God's going to have to do something that becomes in our time so that everyone can receive that number and nobody can buy or sell without that number because 
I, I can remember as a young Christian, I, I'm trying to figure out how that's going to happen. You know, this universal uh, parcel code has been around for a long time. And uh, in fact, it, it's way back, you know, when computers just got, when <laughs> they used to have what they called the beast over there in Europe. It was like 21 stories tall, and that was the computer. And it contained all the information that they had at that time that was con that connected the world globally. Well, now we're much, we're much, our technology much greater than that. I remember years ago, <clears throat> we bought a computer when I was pastoring Bible Baptist Church, paid $7,000 for it. And back in those days, they didn't go by gigabytes, they went by megabytes, and you had like maybe 80 megabytes of information, and, and we had a computer programmer that worked it for, uh, at, uh, at Boeing, and, and he was bragging about, Pastor, for $7,000, we can put all your messages on the computer, we can store all the information of the church members, clear up to 1,000 members, and even more information all on, in one computer. And so we paid $7,000 for this Dell computer. Had a big old wide printer, and I mean, that thing was slow, you know. And finally, we, you know, we got to internet, and we had the dial-up. Remember, it'd take you 45 minutes just to load, you know, just a few bytes of information. And uh, we thought we were high-tech. And this was back in the, in the early 80s. When, when we got into the early 90s, we got rid of that, and boy, we got something that had one gigabyte of information on it. We thought, wow, isn't this something? Now we got on your little iPhones, 240, 300 gigabytes. In a little old tiny iPhone. Just, just all kinds of information. You store all your notes and everything on that stupid little iPhone. We have the technology now and there to where, you know, we have... Uh, Oh, what's his name that's in, in charge of uh, Tesla? Uh, putting satellites up there so that there's no place in the world where the satellite uh, signal cannot reach. Where Wi-Fi can go to the most remote tribes in the world. Where people can have an iPhone. Where uh, universal parcel numbers could be picked up and 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 and. People can buy and sell with nothing more than just a chip. And they're putting that chip in cryptocurrency. And we're talking around, and it's very serious talk, by the way, to get rid of cash and go to cryptocurrency. And everyone's going to have to have, you know, their crypto wallet because we're going to do away with cash. And eventually you won't even need a wallet. Everything will be stored in the cloud. All you need is the chip. And to make sure you don't lose the chip, they're going to start putting it in your hand or in your forehead. And people are already, I mean, they're excited about it. You know, and I know this might sound a little delusional, but there are doctors and scientists out there saying, now we've been watching this vaccine and we can't help but wonder what those little fragments of metal is doing in there. And they're even saying, now this is not delusional. You can go online and check it out yourself. They're saying these little tiny chips of metal that can fit on the top of a needle look as though when they're magnified thousands of times over, they look like little SIM cards. 
that they're injecting in people. It's interesting, all these things that we're hearing about. Do you know anything about mRNA? Your RNA that God put within you is miraculous and it's wonderful. God designed it. It's in God's image. It was made by God. It was put in there to wrap around your DNA, to put within your DNA uh, <clears throat> the amount of uh, or to, whatever it needs to do. I'm trying to think of what. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm going brain dead right now. But, but uh, anyway, it... Uh, there's certain proteins that it puts within those cells to help uh, refurnish those cells and, and revive those cells so they can better defend you against certain viruses that come into your body. So scientists have made up a messenger that they call an RNA that is going in there and connecting with your RNA and it's changing what your RNA is doing so that your RNA can better protect you by putting new messages in your T cells that have little tiny brains in there that can associate from 20 various different uh, invading viruses so they can fight against those viruses and protect you from whatever's invading your body. And so they're putting these messages in your body that can change your RNA to better equip your DNA to fight against this virus. But scientists are saying, wait a minute now. We're not sure what the long-range changes may be. We have not vetted this long enough. They have vetted it in animals, and they have found animals after a period of time to have sicknesses and unusual diseases that come to those animals. And yet, knowing that, they're experimenting with us now. And they are enforcing it. When we find the CDC is saying, well, maybe we ought to wait a minute on children and pregnant women. No, we're going to do it anyway. Where the FDA, the Food Drug Administration, is saying, well, let's, let's wait a little bit on this booster vaccine. No, no, we're going to do this. And people are taking and. And now we're having them forcing people to take it. In New York City, 5,000 medical personnel, doctors and nurses that have refused to receive the vaccine are being threatened with being fired if they do not receive it. And they're claiming that those that are unvaccinated are allowing this virus that they call COVID-19 to mutate into the Delta virus and then they got the MU mutation out there that they're saying that's mutating in us causing the vaccinated people to become infected and they're referring to us now as terrorists that have been weaponized with this virus that's going to kill the vaccinated people. We're hearing all these silly things, and they're doing their best. Can you see where we're going? Can you see that they're, they're going to force everyone? If they can force you to get the vaccination, won't be long, they'll be forcing you to receive the chip. And if you don't receive the chip, they're going to hack off your head. 
You say, oh, preacher, you're delusional. Yeah, I believe the Bible. Christians that believe the Bible, they're fanatics, they're delusional. They have no idea what's going on. You know, <clears throat> uh, they're listening to all these phony doctors and scientists. They're numbered in the thousands out there all around the world that are taking a stand. And uh, they got all these other doctors that outnumber them, you know, 90 to 1 or whatever. That say, no, this, you know, we're, we're going to go along with Mr. Fauci. Because Mr. Fauci, he, I mean, he is the guru of medicine. And so we're going to believe Mr. Fauci, even though he's lied to us time and time and time again. And yet people still believe, no, I'm going to get the booster. I was told that it will protect me, and I believe it will. It's these unvaccinated people i got to stay away from. That's where we're at. We're here now. I'll say just a little bit more about that. Now notice when we get to verse number 8 through 15, we see the test of faith. He says in verse number 8, Wherefore at the time certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. Hmm. You know, these unvaccinated Jews, they, they refused to worship. Mr. Fauci. <laughs> so they spake and they said to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, has made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the coronet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whosoever falleth not down and worship that should be cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And there are certain Jews, <laughs> there are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the providence of Babylon, province, mainly Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, better known as by Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image. And thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, oh, in his rage and fury, commanded that these people be vaccinated or pay the price. I mean, uh, um, excuse me. Bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar spake, and he said unto them, It is true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if you be ready, that at what time you hear the sound of the coronet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dosimer, and all the kinds of music, you fall down. You worship the image which I have made. Well, but if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Wow. You see, doesn't that sound like the Antichrist? And that's exactly where this whole world is headed. And a whole bunch of leaders are going to join in with him. And I tell you, all the armory, 
All the weapons of mass destruction will be available at him, and they're going to make war with those poor Christians that are saved during the tribulation period. Not only them, but they're going to go after God's people, the Jews. All of this is going to happen very soon. He said, there's several reasons why Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah refused to worship the image. First of all, it violates the second commandment of God. We read in Exodus chapter 20, verse number 3 through 6, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of thy fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy to thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Now, believe it or not, there are concerts going on in the world right now. You can go online. You can check it out with Google. You can go to Rumble and check it out where people are coming together. And these concert leaders and these musicians are getting up there and saying, have you received the, have you received the vaccine? How many of you have been vaxxed? And they raise their hands and they start worshiping and raising their hands and praising the vaccination. It's out there. I'm not delusional. I'm not exaggerating. I'm telling you it's there. If I had this soundbite available, I'd put it up there so you could watch what's going on. This is going on. They've got to the place to where they worship science above God. They believe that science and these lying so-called medical doctors that are countermanning us or, or uh, what real science is saying and, and trying their best with their lies and deception to do everything they can to get everybody to fall in line I want to ask you a question, people who are out there listening. Of all the pandemics that we've ever had throughout the history of mankind, was there ever a time other than this time that we set out to get rid of the pandemic with a vaccine? It was always herd immunity, wasn't it? I mean, we quarantined and we just, through herd immunity, we got through it. And eventually it died out because guess what? You have within your body the ability through your DNA, through your RNA, to produce an antibody that is six to eight times stronger than what the vaccine can produce. But you have to go through the herd immunity. But we're told that we don't want to do that because millions of people will die. Millions of people will die. So far, I believe, what's, what's 50 million people so far out of uh, seven, almost eight billion people in the world right now? What does that to equate to in numbers? There were more people died in 
1918 of, of the influenza flu per capita than people that are dying right now of this. We're getting all these distorted reports, and yet the hospitals say, well, no, we're not at that, that place right now. Morgues have got bodies stacking up, but when they question them, they say, well, no, we don't have bodies stacking up. Someone's lying to us. I mean, if the epidemic's that bad, every one of us ought to be able to talk, well, you know, my, and I know we've had loved ones die from it, but my goodness, we've had loved ones die from other things too, and how are we sure? Are we absolutely sure they died of COVID? When we have morticians and doctors that are saying, well, we were told to put COVID on their death, but they really died of a heart attack. They really died of cancer. There's a deception going on out there. And we're being lied to. And people are getting to the place to where they have more confidence in our leaders and more confidence in the FDA and the CDC and the World Health Organization and in Mr. Fauci than they do in the Lord and they're becoming fearful of this virus that probably doesn't even exist rather than being fearful of God. And they've got to a place to where they're trusting more in man than in God. The next thing you know, They'll be worshiping man. You see, that's what they want. That's what the Satan wants. And God is allowing all this to play out. It's in the playbook. God says this is the way it's going to play out. God wants to see our measure of faith. If we fear God more than man. Man is certainly threatening us, is he not? He's threatening you with your jobs. He's threatening you with your careers. They're even talking about, in some places, putting the unvaccinated in camps to protect them from the general population of the vaccinated. Because the virus is mutating in us, and we are nothing more than terrorists, worse than Al-Qaeda, worse than all these other terrorist groups, that we have weaponized ourselves with this virus, it's mutating in us, and we're going to kill the vaccinated people. That's what they're saying. I have awful quiet in here. I know, I know, you know, I'm sure I'm being accused of being delusional. <clears throat> but why are they getting so angry at us? The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, verse number 21 through 25, because that when they knew not God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, foolish in their hearts. Their foolish hearts were darkened, professing themselves to be wise. They became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image made like unto corruptible man. We're worshiping man above God. We're trusting man above God. We who have been fearfully made by God, who are created in His image, they want to change your design. There's something not right about a vaccine that can actually go into your body and change the design of your RNA. There's something wrong about that. In Psalms 
the psalmist said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And who can know it but thou, O Lord? And yet, somehow they were able to get in there and decipher our DNA and understand that within your DNA there are RNA cells that can go to your DNA cells and put protein in there and come up with their own mRNA and inject inside of you. And we're saying, oh, I'm so fearful of COVID, go ahead and do it. Why aren't we thinking about this a little more soberly? Wait a minute. Has this ever been done before? Has it ever been done before? Has there ever been a pandemic where they vaccinated everybody? Why are they doing it now? And why is it global? And why are they so angry at those that refuse to do it? And why are they going after your jobs? Why are they firing our doctors and our nurses that don't want to be vaccinated? One time they were praising them because they were the frontline workers. Wow, something's going on. So now we trust man. He becomes our idol. He's our savior. Science is going to save us from this dreadful disease, not God. Wow, will it test? I believe God's allowing all this to test to see if we fear God more than we fear man. You see, we read here that God was feared more by Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah than they feared Nebuchadnezzar. Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring these men before the king. And they made it very clear. We're going to worship and serve God, not you. We're not going to bow down before you and this image. We're going to serve God. There's something interesting going on there. The Bible makes it very clear in Proverbs 29, verse number 25, the fear of man bringeth a snare. And now that's what they're, by fear, they want us to be complicit. If you are not, then you're going to lose your job. You're going to be fired. You're going to be homeless. We're going to take everything from you. You will obey. I mean, when we hear our president say they are going to obey, when we hear our governor, and you can see the rage on his face when he was told that 40% of Californians are still unvaccinated. He was angry, and he says, yeah, but they are going to be vaccinated. Where's our freedom? Whatever happened to our Constitution? Are we allowing them to shred it? Wow. And so people, because they fear man more than they fear God, well, I don't want to lose my job. I'm fearful of what they might do to me. They won't allow me to go into the emergency room if I'm not vaccinated. They won't, they won't treat me. My, my doctor's not going to see me any longer unless I'm vaccinated. What am I going to do? i got to get vaccinated. That's happening. Is it? It's happening all across the country. It's happening around the world. 
Let me just say in closing, are we having fun? Amen. Psalms 23, verse number 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Is God with us today? Is he with you tonight? You see, when we worship someone other than God, it damns our soul to an eternal hell. Revelation 14, verse number 9 through 11. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine wrath of God, which is poured without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they shall have no rest day nor night. Who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. I'm not saying this vaccine is the mark of the beast, but I believe it could be leading people to become complicit to receive that mark. And we want to test and see how complicit we are. The next round is cryptocurrency. Get rid of the cash. Start putting all of your financial information and your income into an electronic wallet and eventually transfer that electronic wallet into a chip that can be placed in your body. And you will be told, unless you're willing to do this, you cannot buy or sell. We're not going to be around when that happens. That's going, to be, that's going to happen three and a half years after we are taken out. Amen! But I tell you, we need to realize it's coming. They say I'm, that this preacher and preachers like me are, are delusional. But guess who are the ones that are really delusional? There's, they're being lied to. They're being deceived. And they're playing into the hands of it. And I tell you, we have out there a media that is silencing us. They're taking it down. There are people right now afraid to put whatever they put. This message, if you try to get that out there on YouTube, it'll probably be taken off in no time. Why? Why would you take a message like that off? I thought we have the freedom of speech. But no longer. Heavenly Father, help us to realize we're living in unusual days. If there's anyone out there that's watching up by live stream, if they don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, I pray that they would stop looking to man and they would look to Jesus and receive him into their heart. Understanding that he is the Savior, he predicted all of this would come that we would be living in the last days. There'd be deception, there'd be lies, there'd be an abomination of wickedness, ungodliness, men with men sleeping together, women with women, aborting healthy unborn children, living a life filled with all kinds of ungodliness. 
worshiping everything under the sun but you. Lord, if there's anyone out there that knows in their heart that they are headed for a devil's hell, may they open their heart and receive Jesus as their Savior. Understanding that he came into this world 2,000 years ago and went to a cross and died for our sins and rose again. May they open their heart and trust him. Thank you, Lord, for your love and goodness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, thank you. You folks were good listeners tonight.